the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. This is Ray Wave Sand, and I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more, trying to get you to retirement. Got a little bit of a summertime cold. <laughs> What's up with that, right? Where I just got the, the frog in the throat. Sorry about that. Uh, let's power through it, and uh, I won't pay attention to it. I won't draw your attention to it anymore. I won't, I won't. Markets are lower, and again, it comes back down today to one simple thing. In fact, not only are the markets lower today, the Dow's now negative for the year. And what's happening right now is it's pretty obvious. The Dow has turned negative after Trump fired back at Beijing. Do you remember when the trade wars were at $25 billion? I'll slap a $25 billion tariff on you, and you can slap a $25 billion tariff on me, and I'll raise you. Well, now we're up to $200 billion. Has President Donald Trump, his administration is looking to impose fresh tariffs on products from the world's second largest economy, China. Beijing last week had basically upped the ante. They announced 25% tariff on $34 billion of U.S. goods. So it's it's getting kind of, I'm not going to say stupid, but these are real dollars. And these are, I'm not going to say your uncle, because I don't know if your uncle's a soybean farmer in Idaho. But this is getting real, and it's going to hit real people. So as far as net positive, uh, we'll see. Everyone's favorite thing to talk about, I think, from time to time has to be Netflix, right? Uh, it's something we understand. It's a Peter Lynch kind of investment. You like the service? Invest in it. Now, I used to say that about Apple, and the funny thing about that was I was like, yeah, just because you own 10, 15 shares of Apple doesn't mean you can walk into the store and fire an employee. Yes, you are an owner, but no, you don't have the rights to do something like that. Would be funny, though, right? So Netflix, same kind of thing. Don't you love the service? Don't you love going back on Monday morning to return a movie? Trying to rewind it real quick, put it in your car. Oh, you forgot it at lunch. Oh, you forgot it. Oh, yeah, we don't actually have video stores anymore. It's one of the reasons you have to love Netflix, because there's not there's no employees, right? Now, there was a day in time where you, as a child, might have got a job at a, a video store. And now we love the service, even though they have no employees at the store, per se. Now, again, you know, they're, they're hiring people. They're doing stuff. So one analyst today has upped his price target for Netflix to $500 from $400. Now, just because an analyst says it doesn't mean you should do it. But I do want to take a look at it sometimes and see what are their thoughts? What can we identify that they like? 
so that if we agree with that bullish thesis, maybe we can start building a case, maybe a better case of understanding. So what they said was the original content build out will translate into strong profitability and growth. Head of technology um, for a, a research company basically throughout this note, he thinks that the amount of money that they're spending is going to pay off in more profitability. Now that that's kind of odd because the amount of money that they're spending is a very high cost, and it's going to be tougher to get more profitability. It's going to have to be scalability of how big you get in the world at this point in time, and then how much you want to you know push price increases up. And then, you know, what else can Netflix get into? You know, I always like the fact that they do subscriptions. Um, one thing that people like to subscribe to are their sports teams, but we won't go there yet. So um, one thing that the analyst said when he's analyzing Netflix, he goes, they've got an iron-like strength. An iron-like strength um, in, in their ability to grow its content. That's kind of a. I'm not going to blow smoke up their, you know, their tushy, but that sounds about right. Their competitors don't exactly look like they're going to come in and steal the queen. You steal a queen, do you steal a crown? What do you do? Crown, probably, right? There's no big knight that's going to come in, roll into town per se. Chip stocks are one of the big stories, in my opinion, when it comes to trade wars with China. Um. One area of the world where <clears throat> I always thought we became tied at the financial hip is semiconductors. And semiconductor and semiconductor equipment companies have the highest exposures to trade wars. Don't forget, sometimes like Intel makes the buy equipment from some of the, like, they'll make it. Like You can kind of see that when you start crossing borders multiple times, it can become an issue. Qualcomm has a 65% revenue exposure to China, so any trade war that gets slapped on semiconductors, 65% of their business can go bye-bye. Now, I think the cooler heads usually prevail. I've always seen them prevail, but maybe I should start saying things, cooler heads prevail until cooler heads don't prevail. That's my new thing. Cooler heads prevail until cooler heads don't prevail, right? Oh, No. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uh, anything you want to talk about today, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, so the trade war in semiconductor stocks, like Micron, I want to finish that thought. The companies that have the biggest exposure to Asia, uh, Micron, Intel, uh, Qualcomm, uh, Broadcom. Broadcom, that's wonderful. Oh, the history of Broadcom. Uh, if I were to go back to 19, probably 98, 99, and talk to you about, uh, hey, there's this company that's just building a new type of semiconductor that no one's doing. You must pay attention. You must pay attention. Get it on your radar. Uh, and then the, the the great product that Broadcom was able to push out, but the lack of what was next never really hit home <clears throat> for a lot of people. As far as investors go, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Any questions that you have, we could try to take a hack at them, right? I'll tell you some things. like Be careful of the gurus that you go after. I'm not a big fan of Susie Orman. She's kind of mostly disappeared. But she wasn't trained to ever... 
she wasn't trained ever in any financial course of literacy that I could tell you. She never worked in any financial angle. Um, she came up with things like a credit repair kit that cost $99, and you could get it conveniently on QVC. And all you needed to do was go to the internet and Google credit repair, and you could do 99.9% of it. You could probably do 120% of it if that's possible. Everything that was there, plus another big swathing net of 20%. Um, 800-516-1220. So I'm not a big fan of, of some gurus on Wall Street. I think Dave Ramsey's silly. Um, he says things like buy a house with cash. Good luck with that in some parts of the country. And that just tells me, you know, you're appealing to the, the least common denominator. So if you like Dave Ramsey, uh-oh, uh-oh. You can find me on Reline at robblack.com. Got a big event coming up, the 10 Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, 630 to 8. 30 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. That's Thursday, June 28th. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's Rob Black Show. Use the code radio25. Date in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. What do you do when you have a president who threatens, well, he's not even threatening trade wars. We're pushing closer to trade wars. You see, the markets, I'm not going to use the word in a free fall. Let's not panic yet. I'll tell you when to panic. Okay, panic in three, two. Trade wars may and may not, may or may not be all that bad as it is sometimes good to renew your vows in a marriage, even in a business marriage. It probably makes sense, right? I don't know if that makes you feel any better, but what's going to work when the market's unsettled? What's going to work when the market's getting punished a bit? You see you know, the market down 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. And again, what's happening right now? It's not like we have poor earnings. It's not that, well, we have higher interest rates. That's negative. That should hurt the car industry. That should hurt the housing industry and other parts of the economy. Credit, consumer, right? Um, so that's out there. So what do you do when the market's down that big? Sometimes, let's say it's down big for a week. You're like, well... Should I look now or not? I'll just wait for it to go back. And that's where you make that. That's where people make classic investment mistakes. They're this. It's gone from 10 to 9. I'm just going to wait until it goes back to 10. And then it goes from 9 to 8. I'm just going to wait until it goes back to 10. They bought it at 10, expecting it to go to 11. And here it is at 8. And they, they don't want to buy it because they're afraid. Well, they're going to wait. People will give up a better return <clears throat> just days, weeks, months after they buy something. It's pretty interesting to see. But on down days, try to look, in my opinion, at stocks that have good days. So if you see something like a Verizon or an AT&T <clears throat> on a bad day do well, maybe it's telling you people, people, investors tend to like that cash flow story that they're able to tell so well. That's a good story, Forrest. Facebook shares hit an all-time high. Now, this is a great, 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 great example of an investment lesson. Drop Sit down, Junior. I'm going to teach you something, right? Facebook. 
I feel like Han Solo talking to the young Han Solo. Don't do the movie. Don't do the movie, Junior. So, <clears throat> do you remember a couple weeks ago, Zuckerberg, who, he does he not look awkward? Like, he does not want to be in a suit when you see him in a suit. He looks like that thing's causing a skin rash irritation. And I, I, I'm very appreciative of his role in the investing world. I'm very appreciative of his role in, in culture. But, man, he looks awkward in a suit. I do, too. I do, too. But, man, does he look awkward. So, do you remember about a month ago, two months ago, Zuckerberg was in front of Congress? And it, everyone was in a tizzy. And every day it seemed to get worse. Oh, Big bad Facebook. And again, this is where you get kind of sarcastic, right? Big bad well, Facebook. We have a basic responsibility. The uh, leaked information. Data. And if we so we got that, on and we don't deserve uh, jumped on a Tinder app or something with them. They would uh, share all the data that they could with the Republicans and the Democrats. And you would get like The stock kept going lower and lower and lower. And Europe wants to talk to Mr. Zuckerberg. Mr. Zuckerberg says, we don't really, die. I don't really have time for you guys. I'm going to talk to the U.S. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Um and the stock's at an all-time high. So typically, in my opinion, and again, at some point in time, do I think Facebook goes down? Maybe. You know, one of the hottest apps right now for millennials, it's kind of an Instagram, but without the advertisements. And you pay something like $5, $10, $12 a year for no ads. I think, oh, do, does Facebook go that business model at some point in time to avoid the scrutiny? But right now, there's just too many billions of people on Facebook to not say they're going to roll higher and higher and higher. And the way I, I like to put it is, you have a couple billion people, right? Sit down, Jamie. I'm going to teach you something. You got a couple billion people uh, on Facebook, eyeballing their accounts on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. Um, on a medium, first medium was the town crier, right? And he comes out and hear ye, hear ye. The British are coming. The British are coming. All hell. So that was the first, you know, radio stations. Then we got into radio stations and telegrams and stuff like that. And, you know, technology jumped to where it is, where we started selling commercials and radio. And people like Orson Welles did these awesome radio shows and deserved and created a whole new medium. That whole new medium had so much money in front of it. There was so much money made, fat cats from ABC, CBS, NBC, all these big radio conglomerates, just huge. They grew radio from a nothing, a zero, to a billion dollars. Facebook is very similar to that. You know, it'd be like selling advertising and radio in the you know the 30s and 40s. You're going to make money because that's a whole new medium. Television really started picking up in the 50s and 60s. And social media, there's one player. It's Facebook at this point in time, uh, if you're looking for the gorilla style of, of investing. Which you don't see gorilla on menus very often, do you? <laughs> I was shocked to see. Uh, I don't know why I'm shocked. and This is just me being naive. I recently saw ostrich again. No, it, it feels like every now and then, every five or seven years, ostrich kind of like cycles through the markets. Uh and I don't know why. Maybe it's like the value starts to fall apart there. Anyhow, big seminar coming up. Um, 
in about, what is it now, nine days? That's right. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning Seminar, June 28th, June 28th, 638 30 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. It's $25 to get in, but you can use the code RADIO25 if you sign up. Uh, as a radio listener, new members only, please. Ten Pillars of Retirement Income Planning, Thursday, June 28th, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. That's uh, my biggest issue, that when I was younger, I just wanted to make enough money to buy a house. Bought a house. Then once I, I started hitting middle age, I wanted to make enough money to say, I don't want to work forever. And I, I started playing with that retirement date. And then you start playing with it, and you're like, ooh, maybe I should hold off a little bit longer. I have the money, but maybe I should hold off a little bit longer. What am I going to enjoy? Separation anxiety is kind of a true thing with money. Video game just got uh, labeled as a, a disorder, potentially, right? So now we're going to start looking at people and play video games and labeling Love it. One of my favorite stocks for the next five years is NVIDIA. High-end semiconductor company. Uh, they make video games go go boom faster. And the video game market continues to grow quite nicely. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Don't forget to use that code RADIO25 due to that seminar coming up uh, a couple Thursdays from now for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I've got a little bit of a summertime throat cold, so forgive me. Let me bring in Patrick O'Hare so we can get him talking about markets and investing and current situations so I don't have to talk. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Briefing.com. Yeah, hey Rob, I'm doing okay. It's nice to be back with you, and hope you feel better soon. Feel fine. It's just one of those uh, allergy things, or something is all funky. So, trade wars uh, seems to be picking up in the news as far as headlines go. Is it crossing over into the real world of, of investing? Well, you know, it seems to be. It certainly is something that has kind of uh, stalled this this rally we've seen uh, coming off the uh, early April low. And uh, and thus far, I mean, the stock market has, has held up reasonably well in the face of negative-sounding uh, trade headlines. Uh, this morning, however, it kind of is behaving as if it's just grown uh, increasingly tired of, of getting uh, you know, run through the headline mill on on trade matters, and and with the idea that um, you know President Trump seems intent on on ratcheting it up the uh, the trade actions against China, uh, it does raise some concerns that it, you know it leads to something bigger that uh, that ultimately does have a uh, a more negative economic impact. Uh, you know, clearly though, you know, there's nothing really in the in the data itself uh, to this point uh, that you know suggests you're seeing a you know a negative impact from from um, from the protectionist trade measures because one you know they haven't actually been enacted yet uh, and and two it's really largely a psychological factor right now that would be holding back uh, buying interest uh, because it hasn't shown up in the in the hard data. I will say, um, psychologically, a lot of damage is done, though, with the trade wars. And I can only give some you know, personal antidote, per se. Uh, way back in the 80s, um, traveling in Europe shortly after Reagan bombing and things like that were happening, people were, were afraid of Americans. So it's 
it's going to be interesting to see um, what sort of bravado crosses over into the psyche of, of future retail players from foreign markets. Anyway, I'm totally digressing. Um, let's talk about headlines. Are there, is there anything good happening, um, economically speaking? Well, you know, the, the, yeah, I mean, there's uh, not just today, right? So you had a stronger than expected housing starts, um, you know, report for May, but uh, that was mitigated, unfortunately, by the fact that you saw a decline in building permits, and, you know, building permits are a, are a leading indicator, and so it suggests that maybe you won't have the same follow-on strength uh, in June, um, you know, but it was a positive headline, but that's, you know, that's just one report in a, um, a series of reports out of the United States that have been pretty um, uh, pretty okay, all things considered. Uh, you've certainly seen some really strong levels uh, uh, readings in the consumer confidence and business confidence surveys, uh, as well as in the you know the manufacturing surveys. Uh, and all signs seem to be pointing to second quarter GDP growth that uh, should be quite strong and possibly even have a forehandle on it. And so that's going to be driven by you know the pickup in, in consumer spending. So. so Things in the United States seem to be progressing pretty okay, uh, but again, drawing it back into this, you know, psychological reasoning we're talking about—that's okay. uh, what is known now. But when you hear in the headlines about potential protectionist trade measures being enacted, it's the fear of what might come uh, that holds back buying interest, even in the face of good news like these economic releases and the very strong earnings growth we're getting. Um, because if you see a, a pullback in global trade and global economic activity because of protectionist trade policies, those very high earnings expectations for this year uh, may have to get dialed back. And so you have investors who seem to be, you know, willing, uh, not as willing to pay up for every dollar of earnings as they used to be as they're, you know, watching all this uh, unfold in real time. It's pretty interesting because I think after eight, nine years, you and I are trained to look for things to flags, per se, things that may say, okay, we've had a top, double top, triple top, uh, anything that we could find. And you, uh, you are optimistic right now, and because of jobs, I'm, you know, largely leading it towards. What what are some flags that you might, you know, start worrying you per se? Well, this, you know, this is this is certainly one of them that we're talking about right now. Right? If uh, if this does break out into a, okay. a full fledged trade war, uh, you know, you're going to have uh, you're not only going to have it show start showing up in the economic data. Um, it's going to start resonating more because um, kind of what you were alluding to earlier, you know, back in the 80s and, and what was going on there and the, the impact on, you know, consumer psyche at that time. I mean, I think everyone's really cognizant how the, you know, the, the tariffs and the protectionist measures enacted uh, uh, in the late 20s uh, certainly didn't pan out too well for, for the for the economy or the stock market at that time. And so just the mere idea that you seem to be, you know, flirting with some historical precedent of uh, protectionist trade policies doesn't make anyone feel altogether totally comfortable uh, about uh, where this, you know, a very contentious trade rhetoric could be heading. Uh, and so you get a lack of conviction, both in terms of investor interest as well as what uh, Fed Chairman Powell indicated at his most recent conference um, discussing the Fed policy decision and, and that the contacts that the Fed is talking to, uh, business leaders and the like, are, are starting to acknowledge that uh, 
the worries about trade concerns are, are compelling them to hold back on, on business investment. Uh, and so, that, so that's a factor to keep an eye on. Um, you know, rising interest rates, you know, would be another factor now. Um, ironically, what's going on with trade right now is, is helping to drive down interest rates. Uh, and, uh, you know, and while lower interest rates is ultimately good for stocks, um, the, the catalyst behind it uh, isn't necessarily the most, you know, positive thing uh, for, for people to, to, to take into account here. And so, so you're not seeing, uh, certainly in today's trading action, you know, you're not seeing the market rally on the notion that, you know, interest rates are, are coming down. Uh, in fact, it's providing a, a negative catalyst in a way because it's something that's been construed as a very uh, negative development for the financial sector. Which is you know heavily weighted in the market, uh, and uh, and you're seeing more of a rotation into defensive-oriented groups today, such as the utilities and the consumer staple sectors. The one thing that we haven't talked much about so far this summer is oil, and it's been one of the positives. If you're a commodities investor, um, how are you feeling about looking at commodities in the next couple of weeks, of, uh, going towards maybe towards the end of the year, going to affect our economy, not going to affect our economy? Uh, what we've had up to this point, we had a lot of companies talking about the uh, the negative impact of rising input costs. Um, oil prices, uh, rising oil prices, have also factored into higher um, inflation readings of late. But uh, if, if things continue to evolve in the way that they are starting to evolve, where you get a, a continued strengthening in the dollar um, and uh, and rising interest rates potentially, um, and uh, you know developments either on the trade you know the trade front or Political front that you know slows economic activity. You probably start to see some commodity price relief, which um, you know, which is uh, going to be okay. I think for for a lot of companies, it certainly won't be too great for sectors like the energy sector. Uh, if you see a pullback in, in oil prices, but um, but keep an eye on that dollar because you know commodities are dollar denominated. If you continue to get a strengthening in the dollar, it could ultimately you know curb demand for those uh, for those commodities. Anything else that we should be looking at right now? Um, autos, Christmas. <laughs> I feel like I feel very summertime right now. I feel like um, the stories just aren't really pushing me. Um, is there anything that you that you're looking for? Yeah, you know, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Rob. I mean, that the story every summer is that there's really not you know a lot of new <laughs> news typically to concentrate on. You get into a, a kind of a summer doldrum period, right? Um, but this. This summer, you know, could be one of those uh, summers of discontent, if you will. You know, we have obviously things going on on the trade front that seem a little bit unsettling. Um, you know, you have the Fed that's, you know, certainly entering the picture here as a potential headwind for the market as, as the Fed continues to see a pathway to raising interest rates. Um, and you also, you know, have the uh, the upcoming you know midterm elections on the other side of the summer. Um, so just. Several variables here that are that are unsettled, and and uh, a lot of people need to wait to see how things are, are going to unfold, and, and you might run into a sort of a choppy you know period through the summer months here, uh, where we keep talking about the same things and and just get into a churning mode for the stock market. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, 
summertime it is. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. I start my morning every day with a page one at briefing.com. His headline today was stuck on trade matters. It has been a recurring theme. It's getting a little bit bigger. The numbers are getting a little bit more, I'm going to say real time or big time. Maybe is the right way of saying that. Um, It's out there. Um, and does it become a reality or does it not? Is this just the way to get go to the bargaining table with some strength? It's all a little bit on the silly side, in my opinion. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, I do start my day every day with briefing.com. I think they're a trusted resource. And uh, I think the more you can find things that work for you, that aren't massively influenced or pushed or tainted. And I guess they're tainted. It's really starting to come up a little bit more. Amazon's always in the news these days. I like talking about Amazon because I think it's a company we could all relate to. And uh, we're using more and more of the term hubs um, and logistics. And uh, you may or may not look at that package company as a logistics company. They are hardcore a logistics company. Don't forget, I got a seminar coming up June 28th in Palo Alto, the Elks Lodge. It's an income and retirement planning, web planning seminar, uh, income and retirement seminar with me and CFP Chad Burton. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use code radio 25, radio 25 to get in free next Thursday, 28th, Thursday, the 28th. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Look at the calendar. The year is halfway over. Are you doing smart things like maxing out your 401k? It's probably the best advice I can give you. Max out your 401k. And then, like, what's the next piece of advice? I don't know. Write down your three goals. I want to retire. I want to um, retire in class, I guess would be the first one. The second one would be, I want to leave some money for a child. Maybe a third one would be, I want to go back to college or I want to travel the world. Just write down three goals. That's maybe the like the best advice I can give you because then you have to put money value attached to that. And maybe one of your three goals is be happy. You don't have to put any money next to that one. You could do that today, you know? But investing is, is, I think it's pretty complicated. And for me to say, you know, the first thing, best piece of advice I can give you is max out your 401k for your 400B, 457. You know, it, it's a lot. It's, it's you know, writing down your goals. It's, it's slowly but surely understanding what insurance is. When you first, you know, get into any sort of insurance relationship, it can be kind of overwhelming. You could ask a lot of questions and, you know, maybe you started early in your insurance world when you bought a stereo or a cell phone and then they go, do you want to buy insurance on that? And you're like, no, I don't think so. And they're like, it's only $1.99 a month for the, and you're like, okay, okay, I'll do it. <clears throat> it's only $1.99 a month. It's a $200 piece of equipment. If it falls, it breaks then Yes. Okay. I'll do it. And let's just say it falls and breaks. You go, whoa, I got that insurance. I'm using it. And then you find out it's like, it takes 14 weeks to replace. Like the fine print kills you. So my job is to get you to start like grasping the bigger picture, whether it's buying and selling stocks, buying and selling ETFs, exchange traded funds, mutual funds, index funds, um, who should do it, who shouldn't do it. Credit and credit debt. Um, 
those are big issues for the world or for the whole nation is probably the best way of saying it. So I try to talk about that on occasion. I don't, I'm kind of funny. I'm a little obsessive about my credit score, but I don't want you to be obsessive about your credit score. Um, I think a great app like Credit Karma, and it's Credit Karma with a K-A-R-M-A, uh, it does a nice job of telling you what your credit score is and how you can improve it or how it can get dinged. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hit your credit per se. And yeah, they're going to try to push some products on you like, hey, I see you know, you've got a great credit score. Why don't you get another mortgage? Click here. But you can, you can resist the evil force, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe you can't. So insurance was always something that I was always intimidated by. And again, insure what you can't afford to lose is one of the best ways of looking at it. Um, you over-insure a car when you first buy it, um, in large part because it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt you if you get into a, a dinger. Later on, it has a lot less value and it's been paid for. So I always felt for people, and I had a couple friends, you know, who get go get like a car for three or four thousand. And it blow up like you know, two months later. I guess cars don't blow up anymore. What's happened to the world? It's just not as much fun anymore. So um, once you hit 40, you should have a will. And if you live in the state of California, you should have a trust if you own real estate. And you have a complicated marriage situation, consider a trust. I've seen way too many families messed up um, for skipping that. But one of the things I wanted to accomplish for this segment was one of the, uh, you know, I, oftentimes I talk about companies like Briefing.com who do a very, very nice job of giving information. But I think the Wall Street Journal, um, if I were to give you know the advice of what's the one piece of advice, it's don't pay attention to CNBC. CNBC is kind of like, um, I don't know, if you're a true football fan, you don't really want to watch the fantasy sports shows about football. Maybe you do, but... Uh, you, that's not what the game's all about. How can you pull for the Raiders if you're a Denver fan? That just makes no sense. I know you're saying Raiders, Denver. But anyway, there's something out there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to do, uh, talk about, you can talk about. You know one thing you can do? It's free and it's kind of a fun thing to do. You know, I was just talking about you check in with Credit Karma on your credit score is if you haven't done this in a while, is check in with ssa.gov, ssa.gov, and see how much money you're going to get in Social Security and when you could take it. And see how much more money you could take if you wait. And see how much more money you could take if you have a spouse. And we'll see how much more money there's involved if you get disabled. I kind of, I don't know why I like that. I guess once you work to the age of 40 plus, you get to the point where you're like, uh, I want to see what I'm going to get. I want to see what I'm going to get. I put a lot in. I know what I've done. Or I scooped ice cream when I was 16, and I put money in. I want to see what I got. So, scooping ice cream. Ugh. You know what's the best about scooping ice cream? It was one of my first jobs. Uh, Basket Robbins was every now and then someone would get a birthday cake, and it's, it's it's kind of like a pre-made thing, right? And all you have to do is write on it. My handwriting is so bad. People would be like, what that say? Um, that says, happy birthday. And... And they're like, no, 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 that's not what that says. Can you imagine a cake decorator who can't, can't, not, it's, I can spell. I just got the shaky hands when my, it comes my, to my. Uh, cursive and legible handwriting. I mean, I make doctors look like 
uh, stenographers, uh, doctor, stenographer. What are we talking about here? He's gone off rail. But anyway, if you go to SSA.gov, SSA.gov, you can see what you're going to get, when you're going to get, and what it's going to look like. And again, maybe that's part of your financial planning for the day. Um, join Credit Karma or you know, go check your Social Security because knowledge is pretty empowering. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. We'll take a break here. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.